today? It's still, it's still morning. I just checked my watch. Glad you guys are here. My name is Jeff, and I'm one of our pastors on staff. And if this is your first time here, let me just again say welcome. Very happy to have you today. Uh, it's a good day to be here because we're kicking off a new conversation today, a new uh, teaching series called Detox Me. Now, how many of you guys have ever, uh, ever, ever gone through some sort of detox? All right, you don't have to get all heavy or anything, but you've gone through some type of detox um, and maybe went and got a massage and got rid of all your toxins or, uh, I, I know guys don't do that, right? But I know most of the ladies have probably done that. And or like a little skin exfoliation, you know, detoxing skin or whatever. How many of you guys have ever gone through like a fast or like some kind of like, you know, weight loss detox type thing? Most of us think detox in terms of bodily, you know, bodily detoxing. Uh, today I want to look at this from a whole nother, uh, whole nother lens, if you will. And I want to talk about the, the idea of detoxing our souls. Let me give you a truth real quick and give you a story to help set the stage for where we'll go in this series. Um, number one, let me tell you this. We are not a body with a soul. All right? We're not a body with a soul. We're, we, we really are a soul with a body. Scripture proves this. Uh, in Genesis 2, uh, 7, it says this, and the Lord God formed man, the very first human being, God formed out of the dust of the ground and breathed life into his nostrils, the breath of life, and that man became a what? A living soul. We aren't a soul. We aren't a body with a soul. We're a soul with a, with, we're a, soul with a body. Meaning our life is made up of a soul that will never die. Our bodies, Scripture tells us, will, will stay on this earth. We, those of us that are Christ followers, we get to celebrate the fact that we'll never die. Uh, our soul will live forever. And, and it says in Scripture that we get a, we get a kind of cool deal, get a new body in heaven. For those of us that are over the age of 40, we're really excited about that right now, right? The older you get, you're like, golly, I got a new one of these? Sweet, because this one's jacked up right now. So um, now the story. Now, this, this last week, my wife calls me, and she's like so like perplexed. Uh, she says, baby, you just won't. That's her pet name for me, baby. I like that. Uh, she calls me, and she goes, baby, you won't believe what I just did. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, you know, I'm selling Sweet Frog today. And we're up at Tesis. Tesis had some event this last week. How many of you guys work at Tesis? Anybody work at Tesis? Uh, apparently, apparently, we have a lot of people that go to church that work at Tesis. And many of you saw my wife. Uh, and so she's like, I was so embarrassed. I'm like, what are you talking about? She was like, just trying to tell me something but couldn't get out what it was. And I'm like, slow down, back up. What did you do? She's like, well, I'm selling yogurt, right, for three hours. And, 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 and it's sunny. And she goes, I got my sunglasses on. And I'm seeing all these people that I know. I'm a little embarrassed, you know, there's all these executives. And she's like, I could have, I, I was a cheerleader, but, I, you know, and, and my debate coach said when I left debate for cheerleading in college, he's like, you're going you're gonna to sell ice cream or something the rest of your life. She's like, now I'm selling yogurt. Got all these people I know that are like executives and some of her showing up also sharp. And she's like, I'm selling yogurt. I'm like, baby, don't, you know. And so we're like, she's like, I'm not really worried about that. She's I'm embarrassed because the entire time I'm selling yogurt, I got my sunglasses on, and one lens is missing. So this morning I said, baby, I really need to tell this story, not to laugh at you, but to laugh with you, all right? She's like, I don't care. You can, you can use this. How are you going to use this? I'm like, I got this idea this morning because most of us, uh, track with me here, most of us, most of us, we go through life. 
and something is broken, right? Life is broken, right? There's parts of us that are broken that for a lot of our lives, we don't recognize something's gone wrong, right? And there needs to be some detoxing. Scripture says that our eyes are a window into our soul, which means everywhere we go, everything we see, everything we hear, everything we breathe in is something that, that, that stays with us for a period of time. Am I right? How many of you guys, you can remember something, you can recall something hurtful that someone said to you 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago? Uh, they, they say that all of us have daddy wounds, right? To some degree, every one of us have some, some, some type of daddy wound. So essentially, you know, this, this illustrates a lot of where many of us are. Many of us have, have breathed in, absorbed somehow aspects of our culture that we don't even realize we need to be detoxed from. We've been jaded because, or we've, we've gotten off course because of. And so I want to look at this series and not try to help us, you know, think of this as a, I got a bodily detox. What, what we'll understand through this series is we need a soul detox. Because everything we've seen, everything we've breathed in has, has connected and had an impact into our souls, into our lives. Um, this, is, this is how the, the wisest man in the world put it. Um, he said in Ecclesiastes, Solomon said Ecclesiastes 2, um, um, he said, what do, what do people get for all the toil and anxious striving with which they labor under the sun? All their days, their work is basically just grief and pain. Even at night, their minds do not rest. This too is meaningless. Now, today specifically, I want to go towards not just talking about detoxing our soul, but a specific area of our soul. Uh, Because I believe most of us have something going on in our souls called restlessness. You are a restless soul. I'm a restless soul. I, I have most of my life uh, been that type of personality where I love the multitask. I'm a little ADD. Kind of, I kind of leverage that to my advantage where I can do lots of things at once. But to my demise, I'm the kid who can't sit down in class still. And sometimes physically I'm sat down. Sometimes physically I'm stopped. But my soul, my mind is constantly RPM to the max. Now... This didn't happen, happen just, just naturally. It happened because we live in a world and also we, we live sort of under um, a curse from our early fathers, right? Adam and Eve, when they, when they blew it in the garden, things were perfect up until then. And then God said, hey, because you blew it, you're going to live with your sin, right? And all of us bear some of, that, some, some of that curse, right? We were all born in this world. No one entered this world perfect. We were pretty good, but we still had the sin stain from Adam and Eve, but, but there was a guy shortly after Adam and Eve that I think helps us see this physically, maybe in our own lives. In Genesis chapter 4, I'm going to tell you this, this, this quick snippet that helps us give, give some background to where I'm going this morning. A guy named Cain kills his brother Abel, and because of that, God curses this guy, like beyond like Adam and Eve, and you guys sin, this guy gets like double dose from God, like you blew it big time really mad right now, and so you're going to get this, this curse, right? 
And so God curses this guy. Uh, it says in, in chapter 4 of Genesis, now you were under a curse. This is given specifically to Cain, but I think we relate to it. Given, given to Cain, this curse, that he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be driven from the ground. This guy works, he toils, which opened his mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. It's, I, you know, it's like I, I, you killed your brother. Uh, and here's his punishment. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield crops for you, right? It's not going to be easy, right? It's going to be hard. It's not going to always yield crops. In fact, for you, it's never going to yield crops. You're just going to spin your wheels working and accomplish nothing. That's your curse. And it says you will be a what? A restless wanderer. Today, I'm going to title this message uh, specifically that. Restless wanderer. Because I believe many, 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 many of us are restless in our souls. Solomon spoke about that. He says that even at night, their minds do not rest. Now, can I be... I'm going to be honest today. Um, this is an area of my life that has really, really been a struggle for me. Predominantly, predominantly because I have not known it to be a problem. Isn't like how most big problems are. You have a problem, but you don't know you have a problem. <laughs> and then it takes time to recognize you have a problem. It's like my wife wearing those glasses. She said, <laughs> she said baby, I was wearing them and somebody from our church said, hey, Miss Christie, you know you have a lens missing. She goes, I flipped them up, and after the sun got in my eyes, I put them back down, and I continued to wear it for like two more hours. See, that's a lot like how we go through life. Sometimes it takes someone recognizing for us a friend, a family member, maybe God himself saying, hey, you, you need some detox in here. There's been some stuff in your life that is just stuck to you, and you don't even realize that it's there. But you are revved up, you're anxious, you're frustrated, and you can't lay your head on the pillow at night and stop. And I just want to ask you guys this morning, and, and this has been a real, real, real struggle for me. I, I've almost worn busyness as a badge. One, because most everybody thinks pastors are lazy, and so I'll, have my, I'll find myself trying to bow up with this idea of not wanting the church to think I'm one of those kind of guys. And so I'll answer, how are you doing? Oh, I'm busy. I got lots of stuff going on. Because I don't, I, don't wanna, I don't want anyone to think I'm lazy. I also have this, I have a wonderful dad who raised us that, like, boy, we work hard. We never, never, never quit. Make the Murphy name proud. So I've had this also equally, you know, oddly, good and bad idea of, of work, but also a great fear of failure that I've worn as a badge for many, 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 many years, and there's been seasons of my life that God has really pointed this out, that I'm a restless soul. And so I want to ask you guys this question this morning. How many of you, if you were really, really honest, you can't slow your brain down? When you put your head on the pillow at nights, it, it continues to go. And because of maybe worry, because of maybe anxiousness, maybe because of fear, maybe because of you being a restless soul, it's even hard for you to love the people around you. Because you're worked up all the time. Because you're just like, you're on the edge because of 
Maybe it's a fear. Maybe it's a, a, a badge. Maybe I don't know what it is. But if you're honest today, how many of you would be honest with me and just raise your hand and say, I'm a restless soul. That's kind of where I'm at. And maybe, maybe you're not a real busy physical person, but there's something in you that just you can't, you can't slow it down. You can't stop it. What I want to I walk us through the next four weeks to really dive into how we can identify and really detox our souls in such a way that we break free from break free from and go towards really a whole new level spiritually with God and a whole better place to live out of and flow things out of. And so if you'll go with us this next few weeks, I think this is going to be so beneficial. God's been teaching me, this is what I've been learning all summer. This is what I felt like all summer and my time spent away. This is the thing God was really, really driving home in my life. And so I'm going to, I'm going to be sharing in this series some personal stuff but the question I want to go towards in, in this uh, big, broad view this morning is asking the question, where do I find rest? And it's going to sound very preacher-esque of me to say this, but this is the simplicity of this that makes it almost compl- complex, but it's, it's so simple we, we miss it. So the question is, where do I find rest? And the answer is what David says in Psalms chapter 62. He says, my soul finds rest in God alone. Again, that is so crazy simple. Most of us think got to be more, got to be a little more complicated than this. It's got to be something else. But scripture says, my soul, right? Uh, my soul, like my soul finds deep needed rest in God alone. And my salvation comes from Christ. So if you got a pen, if you got a place to jot some notes down this morning, I'll give you, give you three quickies. Um, our soul finds rest in Christ alone. Jot that down. It's a truth that we've got to be reminded of. The reason it seems so simple, uh, or the reason we think it's so complex, it's not that it's complex, it's that we forget that. We forget that. It's, it's the reason a, a company like a Chick-fil-A can say, you know what? Our strength, our soul as a company... Uh, our needs, our hopes, our desires, our dreams doesn't really come from us toiling and being great at making chicken. It comes from Christ. It's a Christian-based company, Christian-based leadership. So they cut Sundays out and say, you know what, we're going to take Sundays when the rest of the world continues to work. We're going to say no to working on Sundays because we're going to rest. We're going to rest. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna, we're gonna try to model this in our own organization. And in the same way that Chick-fil-A does this, we understand this, that our personal souls, our lives, we can work out of, out of a place of rest or we can work from trying to get to rest. Many of you have gone, gone on vacations in the past and you come back just as tired, right? We know what it's like to try to get physical rest, vacations, uh, any type of experience, you know, a day off here, there. But I'm talking about something, I'm talking about a whole nother level of deep, I mean like deep internal, uh, just penetrating soul rest. Because we aren't a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. Just how, so happens I got a body. So uh, Augustine uh, uh, says it like this. He says, you have made us for yourself. He's talking about our relationship with God. God, you made us really for yourself. Right? You made us for yourself. Oh, Lord, our soul is restless until it finds rest in you. 
we will live our lives on a continuum of restlessness until we really grasp that soul rest can only come from, from connectivity with God. So really, truthfully, the, the, say if this, this little table I have is, is, is God and his desire for us to be in relationship with us, the further I am in community with God, the more restless I am. The more my soul is restless, the more frustration I have in my life, the more revved up I am constantly, the more you talk to people that, that pass you on the side of the road and your kids are like, Daddy, who are you talking to? Oh, nobody. Yeah, you're talking to that man. Did he hear you? No, I'm just talking to him for the sake of it, right? I mean, we, that's, that's where a lot of us live. And it's not because we don't understand it, it's because we forgot. We forget that our soul can only find rest in Christ alone. Our souls, another way to say, our souls will continue to be restless if we're not pursuing a connection, community, relationship with Christ. Matthew says it like this. Matthew says, in relation to how, how do I find rest, he says, and he quotes Jesus here in Scripture, in Matthew chapter 11, he says, this is Jesus' words, he says, come to me. I want you to come to me, all of you. Meaning like, that's a big, that's a big group, I believe. Come to me, all of you who are weary. Weary, you're tired. You're not maybe physically tired, but something in you just like, there's just no joy. There's just this emptiness. There's just this, I'm running and going and it's still not satisfying. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. And what is the promise here? And I will do what I will give you rest. Our soul can only ever find rest in Christ alone. The, the rest of that verse says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. And here's, here's Jesus talking about himself and how a relationship looks like and feels like. For, I'm not, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, not your bodies. You will find soul rest through me. So the question is, and where I want to end this today, three quickies, uh, how do I find rest in God? How do I do that, right? I want to get a bit, bit kind of practical this morning. How do I find rest in God? Well, here's, here's what David says. Uh, a guy who had plenty of uh, adversities in his life, if you know aspects of, of David, King David, before he was king, man, he had a lot of, a lot of struggles a lot of brokenness in his life, a lot of, uh, a lot of painful things, both in his own life and with his kids, things he did, choices he made, and just, just life itself. David says, in answering how do we find rest in Christ or in God, he says we've got to do this. We've got to be still. We've got to be still. And when we can choose and willfully be still, then and only then will we know that he is God. So scripture says, be still and know that I'm God. So just to, 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 to walk through this, if you're constantly in motion, you can't know God. 
wouldn't you say that could be probably the, the uh, excuse me, my, my alarm's going off already. Not really. thought it was. Uh, couldn't you say that maybe in America, one of the biggest struggles we have is busyness? I mean, don't, don't most of us wear that as a badge? Like, I work hard. And we should. We don't want to be lazy. There's scripture against being lazy too. But the flip side of that is I think the enemy would cause us to be so busy that we'd never shut down, we'd never, we'd never turn off, we'd never walk away from our, our to-do list and what we feel like we've got to get done in order to break and hurt us relationally with God. So David says, in order for us to, to in, in order to find rest in God, he says, you've got to be still. So write this down, be still before God. Be still before God, simple, I know. But write it down so you'll remember this in the next four weeks. If I'm going to find soul rest, the very first thing I've got to do is I've got to stop and be still before God. Now, I relate this to kids, uh, and my son proved it again this morning. Um, I told a story about him in the first hour last night. We had a party at the house. Um, it, it was a party, but it wasn't meant for adults. Uh, my daughter had some friends over. After homecoming, some of the people they went to, some, they, my daughter had uh, her, her guy she went to homecoming with and her girlfriends and who they went to homecoming with, a bunch of big friends hanging out. And so parents ended up coming over. Well, I'm, you know, I'm in go mode on, Sunday, on Saturday nights. I'm in go mode. So I, I, I go to bed. I get it very early on Sundays. And everybody kind of knows, like, leave daddy alone, all right? And so Christy kind of protects me a little bit. I'm, 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 you know, thinking and processing and praying and trying to sleep, but usually I'm restless on, on Saturday nights. And so, but we plan this, so I'm cool with it. I, I'm, I'm geared up for it. I'm, I'm, I'm cool, calm, collected. Until my son has too many Krispy Kreme donuts or something, and he is lit. I mean, like, lit. He thinks that party's for him, right? And so he's in and out of the house, slamming the door, hanging out with the high school boys, my dogs are out. The, 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 my bedroom kind of peers out the window right to where we have this little fireplace out back. And I'm cool with all the, kid, all the high school kids. It's just my son. And I'm thinking, I'm going to wring his neck. I, I wanted to walk out and just say, shut up, be still. Right? I, I, I couldn't do that uh, because there was, we had some adults coming to pick up their kids. And I'm like, if I get engaged, I'll... It's going to be an all-nighter for me, and I'm just trying to go back to sleep. But, man, he just, he was so loud, so crazy, just busy, busy, busy. So I'm, like, on my cell phone in my bedroom trying to find my wife in the house. Christy, where, where can you get J.D.? Well, I couldn't get her, right? I'm texting her. I'm trying to call. I've called five or six times. Man, you know how you start to, like, okay, calm down, clear the mechanism, right? I'm, I'm, I'm like, at this point, I'm about to blow up. I'm about to walk through the wall, snatch everybody out of the house, tell everybody to go home. I'm like, no, no, no. Kusfraba, right? Remember from anger management? Kusfraba. I'm trying to just calm down. So, terrible me. I start texting the kids outside. I start with my oldest daughter, Allie. Can you tell mom to get JD to be quiet or put him to bed? Don't get Allie. Call Allie. Text Allie. Nobody. It gets so bad, I text her date. His name's Andrew. I text Andrew. I don't get Andrew. So I call Andrew. They're sitting, all these kids are sitting by the fireplace. 
Mr. Jeff? Andrew, is JD near you? Yes, sir. Can you hand him the phone? So, JD. Dad? He's, he's, he's 10. He just turned 10 yesterday, too. His, by, by the way, his, bir his birthday was yesterday. His party's today. But Dad, his voice is so high. JD, come to my room right now. Yes, sir. <laughs> so he comes in, and so I'm telling you this long story to say, we need to do, I have a point to all this, okay? <laughs> we, we need to do what David says in Psalms 131. He says, but I have stilled and quieted my soul. Essentially, I have chosen to tell my soul to sit down and shut up. Every now and then with your kids, it is justifiable to, to say, sit down and shut up. If you do it kindly and, and nicely, right? But I, I say all that to just say, every now and then we've got we've to we've tell ourselves, we've got to just make ourselves be quiet. It's a choice. It's a choice to recognize I could be a restless wanderer and miss connectivity with God. I could be a restless wanderer and be so revved up that I can't really even love those around me. Or I'm so unlovable because I'm so worked up, I'm so anxious, because I'm living in fear because I haven't found soul rest. Am I tracking with anybody? David says we've got to be still before God. He says it's a choice, but I have stilled and quieted my soul. Like a weaned child with its mother, my soul within me. We have to, at times, tell ourselves, sit down. I'm commanding you, soul. Be quiet. Take a seat. Let's, let's pause for a moment. Now, I have been, uh, I've been in a couple different counseling seasons in my life, right? Uh, early years of marriage, Christy and I would go just for maintenance. We have a, we, I have a wonderful wife. Wonderful relationship, but I'm a guy, she's a girl. You get it, right? Okay, we've got to work through stuff just like everybody else. You know, we've got baggage from, you know, our parents and, you know, we're, we're people, right? So that, there's been seasons where we have gone to counseling, also being in, in ministry and in serving people. That we, we wear some burdens and some weights with that. And I would say in the early days of our church, I was made to go mandatory by my board. And I also, I, I spent a good bit of counseling last year and here were some exercises in the last couple years that the counselor I go to said, Jeff, for you, and this is probably for all of us, I want you to exercise, I want you, I want you to do this exercise. I want you, it sounds so funny, I want you to sit down and stop and focus on God for five minutes. One, two, three, four, five, five minutes. That's, that's what I want to challenge you to do every day. So I was like, pastor for church. I preach about this stuff. I know how to read my Bible and pray. I know how to, how to, how to, how to, how to. But I took it seriously. And I tried to sit down for five minutes and be quiet and still my soul and not think about what I had to do or what had to be done or this that needed to be taken care of or this person that needed to be fixed or this. Five minutes. I walked away humbled. Because I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. Five minutes, I could not quiet my soul. And so this last year, and especially this summer, this has been something that God's been teaching. I'm a restless soul addict. 
I do not want to wear this as a badge. God wants to heal my restless soul. He wants to heal our restless souls. But it can only happen if we will be still and command our soul, stop, and to focus on God. Now, practically speaking, practically speaking, I, 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 I talked to wise, godly men over the years. What do you do? Well, how do you do it? What, what, how does it work for you, right? And we've talked a lot about how to be with God. But here, here's what it really, here, here's essentially, simply how we rest with God. Open God's word, read any amount of scripture, a word, five words, a sentence, a verse, five chapters, whatever, whatever works for you, and stop and say, God, what do you want to say to me? Illuminate something that you've, you're doing, you want to do in my life through your word. Give me strength from something. Help me with a problem. I, but God, I'm going to pause and I'm going to be with you. That, that's what it looks like. And then secondly, I want to give you this. After you've sat and you've said, God, I'm going to be still with you, Psalms 37 gives us the second part of this. Be still before God and wait patiently for him. Second thing I want you to write down is wait for God. Be still with God. Wait for God. Wait for him. Sit down, stop, and wait for God. And maybe God gives you something then, or maybe it's something, maybe it's throughout the day, or maybe it's throughout the week. But if we don't slow down long enough to stop, we cannot connect with God, and you and I will continue to, to live lives restless, revved up, anxious, fearful, kind of in bondage to our own, our own culture of let's be busy because... It's the thing to do. Lastly is this. Uh, let, me give, let me give you another scripture. Psalms 130 says this, verse 5 and 6. This is again, David says, I wait for the Lord and my soul waits. And in his word, in his word, I put my hope. My soul waits for the Lord more. This is, this is, the, this is the magnitude of how he experiences this. My soul waits for the Lord more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Now, he's referring to an Old Testament um, passage where it would talk about uh, these watchmen who would, who would sit or stand watching for the enemy to approach, but, it, but, but expecting and planning for the, the morning to come. So you can imagine guys... Waiting through the night, if you're in the military, and you've got that burden that you're carrying, like, oh, the bad guys are coming. I don't know when they're coming. But, but you could rely and know the sun was going to come up, right? Rain or shine, that sun comes up. It's a, it, oh, my gosh, it's a whole new, whole new day, right? When that sun comes up, it changes everything. So in, in terms here, David says, my soul waits for the Lord more than more than the watchman waiting for the morning. We can trust that when we wait for God, He will come and speak to us. God longs to do that. It's us who says, oh my gosh, there's something so good on Facebook right now. I got to go, God. So good. I, just, I know it's going to be so good. I got to get there, right? 
and you're off to the races. For me, it's, I, I got to go do, you ought to see my gas bill. Has anyone ever tried to find me in the office? Ed will tell you. I'm gone. I'm on the go. I meet and go and go and go and go. I just, I'm perpetual motion. And that's just my body. That's not even talking about probably the 90% of my mind that's beyond that. David speaks to this and he says, Be still, know that I'm God. Wait on God. And here's, here's a critical piece for me. Third one is reflect on God's goodness. Reflect on God's goodness. Now, now before you just go, oh, that sounds kind of just sweetness and cheesy. Here's what David says of this that makes this so powerful for us. David says in Psalms 119, or 116, 7 through 9, be at rest once more. Like in how you do that, he speaks of be at rest one, once more, O my soul, for the O my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Here's how David figured it out. For you, O Lord, and here's where he begins to reflect on what God has done for him. For you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death. Now, now David is probably writing this maybe from a cave. Someone was trying to kill him. You know, his once friend who betrayed him is, is king. is trying to kill David. And David's writing this probably from a pretty sad place. He says, oh, for you, O Lord, have delivered my soul from death. I'm reflecting on that. I remember, God, how much you've done for me. God, I'm, I'm taking this moment and I'm pausing, I'm waiting, and I'm reflecting on what you've done in my life. God, you have delivered my soul from death. God, wow. You are God. You are awesome. God, you have delivered my eyes from tears. You've taken away pain. Some, some battle scars internally that I have. When, when, I, when I made some terrible mistakes, God, with, with Bathsheba, God, you forgave me. You wiped away some, some tears. You forgot what my sin was. God, you, you, you wiped away the tears from my eyes. My, you've, you've delivered my feet from stumbling. God, not only have you, you know, forgiven my sins, you forgot my sins. God, you're helping me get better at all this. I'm not as bad as I used to be. I'm not so jacked up anymore. God, I'm reflecting on your goodness. All this that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. So here's, here's it, it, is it for me. Instead of thinking and worrying about all the things that, that have to be done, think about what he has already done. That's huge for me. Instead of worrying and, 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 and laying there in the bed at night or wherever you are on the move, on the go with our restless, wandering souls, be still, wait, and reflect, God, you're, you're, you're the same God who forgave me. You're the same God who is forgiving me. You're the same God who loves me unconditionally. God, you remember that time where I was in this jam and God, you loved me through this process. God, David speaks of this and says, if we will slow down long enough and not always be thinking about what has to be done, but thinking about what he has already done, there's enough there for us who are Christ followers Man, we can work through this stuff. Our souls can be detoxed. Our souls can be healed. Now, I just wanted to say that for many of us, this might be a little foreign. Because most of us get this in terms of our body. 
But there is a whole nother level God wants to take each of us to. He knows you by name. He wants to grow the relationship he has with you. But it cannot be done without us choosing to slow down and let God be God. Some of us, you're working so hard. You're trying to fix something on your own. You've got a problem. You've got a dilemma. And you, you, if you could just get your hands on it, the problem is most things can't be physically done with your, just your hands, not the big problems of life. And so we worry, we fret. Many of us live with baggage and, and a lot of pain. God says, I got this. I got this. I got this. Got this. Let me, let me remind us of a verse. I want to close with this. You're worried right now that I'm not even talking. You don't even want to wait for patience, do you? Right? I'm the same way. I've lost a verse. So let me give you this one once more. Come to me, all you who are wearied and burdened, and I will give you rest. Today, could it be that it's not an accident that God has you here for the purpose of him helping start some detox to happen in your soul. And him inviting you into a new, for some of you maybe today, we had, we had 20, over 20 people make Jesus leader and forgiver in their first service last hour. Maybe for some of you today, God has you here to make him leader and forgiver of your life, meaning he would be your God, your Savior, your forgiver. And maybe for some of you today, you're already a Christian. You've already bowed the knee. You're already in the family of God. You got heaven secured. You know he loves you. You know he's forgiven you. Maybe for some of you today, you got going along the way, and you kind of, you didn't plan on not trusting God, but you began to take back all the controls. And you tried to start doing it all on your own. And you know that's working out great, right? <laughs> I mean, that's what I told myself, like, this is working out great. I'm, I got it all myself. I keep, I keep giving it to God and taking it back. I keep giving it to God. God, take my burdens away. I can't fix this one on my own. I don't have to lead the church all by myself. You know, and then I take it all back. God says, no, no, no. I got this. Remember, I'm God. And I love you. You got me. Let's partner together. Let's do this together. Let's detox and let God take us to a whole other level in our souls. Remember, we're not, a, we're not a body with a soul. We're a soul with a body. Let's pray. God, I thank you for the simplicity of your love and your grace. You are not complicated, God. We make things so complicated. But God, you're just... Savior loves his kids. You're a daddy with your arms wide open who says, come to me and I'm going to give you rest. God, I pray that you would help each of us to, to recognize and have a visual of us walking around with one lens out on our shades, missing the fact that we're broken until we're with you. That we're restless and wandering apart from you. 
with, with, with everybody just with your eyes closed just for one minute longer. Let me, I just want to ask some of you today, how many of you would say, my soul is restless and I feel God, I feel God just connecting in my heart and I, I want to today, I want to make him leader and forgiver of my life. I want to make Jesus my savior today. I want to surrender my heart to him. Would you just raise your hand? I won't call you out, but raise your hand. I want to pray for you. That's me today. Raise them up. Raise them real high. I see hands all over. Raise them real high. If I'm missing you, just wave at me. That's me today. I want to make Jesus leader and forgive of my life. I see lots of hands. Here, here's, here's God's hope. God's hope is that he brought you here today. That you would go ahead and make a choice to give him your heart. Knowing that he gave his life for you. For you to have freedom and forgiveness and be made right with God and have hope of all of eternity that you would never die and you'd have heaven forever. And his hope today is that you would make him Savior. So I'm going to pray and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to give you a couple lines. They're not magical lines. But maybe it's, maybe it's a way you could express what you're feeling, what God's stirring, and maybe your expression back to God today. Scripture says that if we would confess with our mouths, believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord, Scripture says you will be saved. You may not know all there is to know about God. You might have just come in today kicking tires for the first time. But if you, in this moment, you ask Jesus to be the Lord of your life, Scripture says he will be today. And if today was the last day, and he came back to receive us to him, and, and, and life would be over as we'd know it. You'd be his son, you'd be his daughter. We would have salvation. We'd have forgiveness. We'd have eternity forever with God. So I'm going to pray, and you express to God. God, we love you. Thank you so much for your word. God, I pray for every person in here that does not know you today. God, I pray right now they would... They would simply cry out to heaven the best way they know how. Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm inviting you to be the leader and forgiver of my life. Save me today. Make me your son. Make me your daughter. I'm tired of being an orphan. I want to be your child today. God, I, I, I continue this prayer, God, for those of us who are already Christ followers who have forgotten that, we were, that we're broken. We've been reminded today of some restlessness. So God, we call out to you and we say, God, forgive us of our lack of faith. Forgive us, God, for taking back control. And God, we want to live our lives with open hands, open hearts, trusting in you. God, maybe this worried so terribly about our finances, so worried about our kids, so worried about if we'll have a job tomorrow. God, may we trust in you and find rest. You are the King of kings. You are the Lord of lords. You are salvation. You are security. You are forgiveness. You are freedom. God, you are good. God, we ask you to remind us of that today. We re-surrender our hearts to you, God, who loves and saves. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.
Can we just celebrate several people that made Jesus a forgiver today? Excited for you. We're going to close with an offering and a, and a time of worship. And this last song is, 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 is one of those songs that you, you, can just, you can just say thanks to God. So as we, as we do My Church Style, we're, we will close our, our service out today with, with an opportunity to give, to be open-handed, to say, God, I'm not going to trust my stuff and me taking care of my own stuff. God, I'm going to try to entrust my stuff to you because it's already yours. And, and, and you would pray and express today in our, our time of celebration here, worship, God, use my stuff to not only change my heart, but to use it to help somebody else find their way back to you. So I'm, I'm going to pray over this offering and ask God to bless it and to bless those that, that give. And many of you here today, if you're in need and it comes by and there's anything in there that you need today, you got, you got some, a, a real bad string of, you want to call it luck or whatever, and you're in a bad way financially, I, 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 we, we say this around here, take what you need today. All right? Okay. This is why we exist as a church. That every man, woman, and child would come to know Christ. Our sacrifice, our love, because he sacrificed for us. God, use this stuff to shape our hearts and to help every man, woman, and child to find you. God, we celebrate you today. God, we live out our beliefs in this moment. We love you, Jesus. In your precious name we pray. Everybody said, amen.